Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job so that you can find the best candidates? With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites with just one click. Then their powerful technology takes over. It officially matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. Right now, try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. One more time, try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. Always fun uh, when we get to sit down here right before the majors on the first cut podcast with Kyle Porter. Um, Kyle, this is this is our third major of our first season, and like at this point, I just I I wanna I want to embrace every moment of it. I want to soak it up because the golf season slips away so fast. Uh, everyone's at Royal Birkdale. We're getting our practice rounds in. Um, this is this is it. It's time to start making some picks. Are you ready? I'm ready. It does slip away fast, though. You're right. It, it, there's such a buildup for Augusta, and then you're kind of in the wake of that for a month, and then boom, 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 you've got the last three majors, and it's over. And it's like, well, wait, wait a second. got to wait till Augusta again? It's eight months away. So uh, it's fun to be in the middle of it, but uh, it, it does go by really fast. We've got uh, a obviously <laughs> a loaded field, as you might expect for the Open Championship. Um <laughs> There, we're going to go through a lot of golfers, try and touch on as many as possible. We will be giving our winner's picks, our top 10 locks, uh, some sleeper picks. I've got a whole list full of golfers um, that we just want to try to kick around here for a second. You know we got to talk about Peter Uline. You know we got to talk about Adam Hadwin, all of our favorite below-the-radar players. Uh, but <laughs> first, man, like Royal Burkdale, uh, are I? there is a set of expectations that I have as a, as a fan, a golf fan for open championships um, in terms of the European style of play. Uh, is there any, what do we have about Royal Burkdale that's going to make this particularly different? And have there been any major changes since Patrick Harrington won in 2008? I don't believe there have been any huge changes, but you know, Burdale is a place, Johnny Miller talked about this last week in a, in a really cool interview with uh, Jeff Shackelford on Golf Week, but he, he was talking about how it's a place unlike some other open venues where you can't be all over the yard. You know, you can't just bang it around everywhere and expect to make birdie and par from the parking lot. You can do that uh, at a place like St. Andrews and, and some, some other places like that, but at Burdale, you got to be, you got to be straight, you know, you got to be down the middle. It's got you know, it, it's it's often called uh, the Ferris test in the open rota. And, and the reason for that ship is uh, it's got super flat fairways. Uh, you're going to see guys without those kind of side hill and downhill lies that we associate with Lynx golf. Right. That you see it that you see at a place like Kapalua or Augusta or somewhere like that. So, you know, it's it sounds silly and intuitive and, you know, kind of rudimentary. But I, I just think somebody the, the guy who wins this week is going to be driving the ball really straight and really well, just like Brooks Kepka did at Aaron Hills. And, and not, not just with his driver, but hitting those two irons, one irons and three woods off the tee, uh, and, and hitting a ton of fairways with him. You know, that, that leads me back to a guy like Henrik Stenson, who does that a lot. Jason day, who, who is really good with his long irons. So it's going to be interesting to see. I just think that 
if you get somebody like Rory or DJ who's a little bit off off the tee, they're going to struggle like they did at Aaron Hills. What do you have in terms of uh, weather in Southport? Are we going to have some some wind blowing? Are we going to get some some rainy, windy conditions that are maybe going to affect uh, a Jason Day or someone someone else who likes the the really high ball flight? Like, are are we going to to favor players with the the low ball flight on their swing? Yeah, I, I think so. You know, last I checked, it was supposed to rain and, and be windy uh, for most of the week. But we saw photos out of Southport on Monday and it looks like, you know, it's like 78 and perfect. So <laughs> I, it, who knows? It, it yeah. could change. You know, we, we've seen the last two opens there. Nobody's broken par over the course of the week. Um, the best score was uh, Brian Watts and Marco Mira were both even in, in 1998. Brian Watts, by the way, what a... What a uh, callback to somebody who, you know, could have had his life changed by winning a, a major championship. But, um, yeah, so so in, in 1998, third round, wind blows, it's nasty out. Nobody breaks par in the third round. Constantino Roca shot a 70, and I think that was the best score. Tiger shot a 77, finished one shot out, one shot out of a playoff that year. So... Uh, if it does blow and, and I think it will, you know, of course we thought this at Aaron Hills, right? Like we thought we were going to get win there and, and, and see somebody who's kind of a bad weather player play well, but you never got it there. So I don't know. Who knows? Maybe it's, maybe it's perfect all four days and Rory wins by 10. Uh, well, speaking of Rory, uh, putting always a big part of his game. Are the greens notorious here or what do we favor, uh, players? I, if, to win a major championship, you need to putt well. Let's not like I can't say that you're going to be able to be a poor putter, or a below average putter, uh, and expect to be able to win any major championship, particularly against a field of this kind. But uh, nothing in my notes particularly devious about these greens, right? No, I, I don't think so. I, I just think that it's it's more about. I mean, I, I it's going to be a second shot course, and and you're going to see. I mean. Lynx golf and, and tournaments like this, it, it's not to me as much about the putting as it is like about what you do when you miss greens. Like you're going to miss some greens, right? And you're going to be in some bunkers. You're going to be in some weird spots that are not like th- there's just not collection areas necessarily. And so you're going to be in some bizarre places. And so somebody like a Jordan Spieth, who's so good with his with his short game, with his wedges, uh, to me, it's just such an advantage, you know, and and I don't think it's as much the putting as it is the short game. Um, so yeah, no, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary from what we usually see uh, on on a links course in terms of the greens. Is it weird that I am as as we start to you know break this field down into uh, the different categories, into the different competing storylines that we have? Um, is it weird that I don't, for a player who is as good as he is with the athletically arrogant swing, is it strange for me to not feel very confident in Dustin Johnson? Uh, no, I don't either. And, and, you know, I wrote this on, um, Monday or yeah, Monday. I don't, I've, I've already lost track of days, Chip. (laughs) Are you on Greenwich mean time yet? Yeah. Uh, I wrote this on Monday, but he's just, he's an unconvincing favorite to me. He, he is the favorite at like 12 to one, but I'm just like, nah, okay. I mean, should I, do I get excited about that? It, it is kind of rare that we see a favorite in, in the double digits, right? Like we usually see eight to I one, mean, six to yeah. one for most of our favorites. I think. Yeah. 
yeah, Tiger used to be like two or three to one. But even in the recent past, if Rory's the favorite at the Masters, it's like you know seven to one or fifteen to two or or whatever. And so I, I just think that. I don't know. Nobody really knows what's going to happen this week. There, there was a great tweet earlier about how everybody in the top 10 besides DJ can get to number two this week. So if Ricky Fowler wins. He gets to he probably gets to number two in the world, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. But uh, it's just, you know, it, it doesn't feel the same as the Masters when it felt like everybody was going in with their best stuff, with the exception of maybe Rory and Jason Day. Th- this week just feels like. You know, Henrik Stinson hasn't been playing that well. DJ's missed two cuts in a row. It just, I don't know. It doesn't have the same feel as it did early in the year. Which doesn't mean that it lacks uh, excitement at all because, you know, we could, we could sit around and uh, remember we will be recording an episode of the First Cut podcast with Kyle Porter on Friday once we have a uh, play from Southport completed. Um, like Rory McElroy sitting here in a position where – uh, he's got the the miscut on the European tour. Uh, he's got the like the not a whole lot of pressure, I'd say. But like when you're still getting the the great odds like this, if you're a if you're a fantasy player, that seems like another uh, sort of hesitant type play for me. With Rory, yeah, yeah, eighteen to one is uh, you, you know it, it is weird. Like I've gone back and forth on this because you see Rory and you see eighteen to one, you're like. Jeez, that's Let's a go. That's a, that's a good number, but he's missed three or four cuts, and he doesn't. I mean, you're taking. He kind of self admitted like you're taking driver out of his hand for most of the course. It just, I don't know. It, it doesn't really add up for me to to Rory contending this week. Hideki Matsuyama currently in that number two spot right now. Uh, good play. Like, is this a good spot for Hideki? Yeah, I think so. Um, I. I He's, I don't know. He he's had moderate success uh, at this tournament. Let's see where's Hideki at. He's been, uh, he finished sixth a few years ago. He's had a couple other uh, top forties. Um, I don't know. I, I I always go back with Hideki to the to the Masters being the one that he wins, just because the way he hits it, and uh, he he's another guy who's that really high ball flight. So um, twenty to one is is fine, but I, I'm not. You know, if it was thirty to one, I'd be excited, but I'm I'm not super fired up at twenty to one. It's very very weird. Twenty five to one, Henrik Stenson, the defending champion, um, not really in a great spot with his game. He went sixty eight, I think, at the Scottish Open on Sunday, but uh, that was after I think a seventy five or uh, not a not a fantastic finish for him. And I even think that he's ad- admitting that things aren't. You know, he's got the fancy car, he's got the trophy, he's got a whole lot of media, you know, he's got a whole lot of buzz around him. Uh, but in terms of, like, his chances to win, like this, all right, Henrik Stenson, and, you know, leaderboard is always tough, but I would say Henrik Stenson, final leaderboard finish over under 15.5. I think over. I, I think you hit the nail on the head with Stenson in that he, he has seemed – he kind of admitted he's been a little bit not disinterested, but just I think th- there's just it, it's harder because there's less motivation there when you're 41 years old. You've won the major that you wanted to win. You've made a bunch of money. You you know you're 
it, you know, like it's just hard. Like it just is to, to, to grind the way you did when you were 21 and trying to make it, trying to win majors, trying to make it on tour. You know, he's, he's done it. And it's like, you know, I could go hang out with my family for three hours or I could go hit balls for three hours. It just becomes a tougher choice. The older you get, the more you've won, the more money you have. So, uh, but that being said, he's finished in the top two in two of the last four years, including last year's historic win. So, I, I would go over, but he, I also wouldn't bet against him for reasons I mentioned earlier that a lot of guys are going to have driver taken out of their hands and Stinson doesn't hit driver anyway. So it's almost an advantage to him to, to play this course. Of the younger players, the ones on the opposite end, and let's say younger non-Jordan Spieth division because of a lot of reasons, but because it's, doesn't it seem kind of unfair when we're talking about the younger players to include Spieth even though he's 23? Even though him and DeChambeau are the same age, <laughs> even yes, yes, even though him and uh, Big Data are in this at the same age, but like <laughs> of Data of of John Rom uh, is what's is Fleetwood like twenty five? Fleetwood, I think, is twenty five. The the weird one to me is Fowler is like twenty eight or twenty. Like like we always talk about young Americans, and I mean Fowler is a, a young human, but he's not necessarily a super young golfer, you know. Of the young play, are there any younger players that you really like uh, to maybe perhaps play well and exceed ex- expectations? Yeah, I I don't know about exceeding expectation, but I like I like Thomas Peters. Love Thomas uh, Peters this week. Oh man, at, I'm so in on Peters. Yeah, at fifty to one, you know, Justin Ray had a really good stat. Uh, I think I can't remember what what the number was, but. A lot of guys over the age of 40 uh, have won this tournament in the last 10 years. You know, you saw Ernie Els win it. You saw Darren Clark win it. Phil Mickelson won it over 40. Henrik Stenson. It, it's it's more of, I mean, even going, I mean, historically this is true, right? Like going back to Tom Watson in 2009 and, and even way farther back than that. But it's just more of an old man's golf tournament. And so w- when you go to a place like Aaron Hills and you have to be, so long off the tee, it it, it sort of uh, neutralizes guys like Jim Furyk and Brant Snedeker. It's just it's just they have to be perfect to win, you know. And on links courses, they don't they don't have to be perfect with the way they hit the ball. So uh, I, I do think it brings more of the field into play than a normal major championship. Where do you uh, do you like Sneds this week? I do. I like him a lot. Sixty six to one. Um, I can't, let me look up Sneds here. He's finished um, his last five ma- uh, Open Championships. He finished twenty second, missed the cut, fifty eight, eleven, and third. So he he's had some success at at uh, at, at recent Opens. Uh, he's been playing pretty well this year. He had had the injury earlier in the year that forced him to miss the Players Championship, but I do like him. I, I think that. If he, I think, I'll, I'll say this. I think if Snedeker wins a major, I think it'll be an open championship. Ooh, I like that. Um, former champions out here. What about Stuart Sink? What are the expectations for Stuart Sink this week? What's his What's his number? Do you have his number in front of you? Yeah, I think Stuart Sink is all the way down there at uh, like 125 maybe. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I, I don't. Uh, I don't expect a lot out of him. He's had. Uh, let's see here. 
He didn't play it last year. The three years before that, he was uh, 20th, 26th, 47th. I, you know, I, I think anything in the top 25 would be a pretty good, pretty good week for him. He's played some really good golf uh, of late. He's actually contended in a couple of tournaments, but it, you know, to, to to beat the top 10 guys in the world right now, it, it would be uh, it'd be a pretty pretty monumental uh, task for for old Mister. Uh, ruiner of the greatest sports story of all time <laughs> wait hold on Refer- what did Stuart sink do to ruin the gr- greatest he, sports? he beat tom watson 2009 oh yeah tom watson was 59 we years laughed old okay to- we laughed about this like a couple weeks ago like everybody was rooting <laughs> against Stuart sink Stuart sink yeah okay that's right <laughs> yeah nobody's the worst the worst no, Stuart, Stuart sink's great he's he's a great dude but um yeah still wish he would have lost in 09 <laughs> uh before we get to uh, firing off our, our stone cold lock picks and getting into some of the other front runners here, you know, if, if you're going to win, uh, you need to have the right team in place, particularly from fantasy. And if you're going to win in business, then you need to have the best team. And the only way you're going to do that is by finding the best job candidates. So if you're hiring, make sure that you're doing it with ZipRecruiter. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites with just one click. Then their powerful technology takes over and it matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. In fact, over 80% of the jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. No more juggling emails or calls to your office. Simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. One more time, try it for free today. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. All right. I know who your pick is, but I don't know if all the people do. Give the people what they want. Give the people what they want. What's, uh, let's, why, why, and I'm not going to, I'm sorry to spoil it, but why are you feeling good about Pistol Rick this week? (laughs) That's a, that's a great name. Um, I don't know. It just, it just adds up. You know, this has been the most consistently great year of his career so far. Um, you know, he, he's, he's played, he hasn't played in a ton of events, but the one he's, the ones he's played, he's played really well, played great at the U S open. He's been driving the ball really well. You know, I, I look back, he, he played the Memorial right before the U S open and that week he hit 80% or maybe 81% of fairways. And I, I just think if he does that this week at, at Birddale, then it's, you know, it's over. Like that's that's ball game. I, I he, he's he's a guy. We've talked about this time and time again. He he's he's built to win opens. I feel like he doesn't get um, he doesn't get super emotional. Uh, he's got a really good short game. He's got that low ball flight. He's a good bad weather player. Uh, he played well in, in the Scottish Open. Didn't end up winning, but he but he played pretty well. And I, I just to me, it, it's the natural trajectory of where he's been headed for so long. And that doesn't mean he's going to win this week. But I, I I, think there's a reason that he's one of the top three favorites right now in Vegas. I'm going Sergio. I got I got to do it. I love it. You know, I'm sorry. I got to do it to him. I think Sergio's played so well in the open. I mean, and now that like the floodgates are down, let's go. Let's just start yeah. racking them up. Late career run. 
Sergio Garcia. I where did he fit hung? Where did he finish uh last time at Burkdale? I'm just looking that up. It wasn't in the top ten because he, he so Padre Harrington won it uh Carnoustie 07, beat Sergio in a playoff, and then Harrington repeated in 08 and beat Ian Poulter uh by four, Greg Norman and Henrik Stinson by six. But Sergio was not he might have missed the cut that year, actually. I think he did. But the last uh, three years, baby, T five, T six, T two. Yeah, I mean he's been lights out at the open. He's got like ten top tens at the open. He he's, you know, and and I think that it. it I wrote this on Monday. It, it's so weird to me that still that he won the Masters because the Open t- to me was the one he was always going to win. He's played. I mean, he's had the the best. I, I think the best record of any uh, of the majors in in his career was has been at the Open. He's getting a little bit older, but I don't know. It, it just. It's it's strange that he won the Masters, but it, it it would not surprise me at all if he added an open to it over the next five or six years. Who do you think is more likely to win, Jordan Spieth or John Rahm? Oh, Spieth for sure. Were, were you like close to picking Spieth? Yeah, he he's just got. We we talk about this a lot in our little in our little golf chat thing. Um, that we've the golf chat thing like like other people don't have text messaging um, <laughs> in, in your group threat in your group chat yeah our, our group chat uh spieth is just he's just got that that kind of uh, aura about him where he just he's just annoying like he just won't go away hey and, and that's and that's how you went open so you know like you'll look up and you're like God, spieth is still three back spieth is he's not even hitting it well. He's one back. Like what, what is happening? And, and uh, you know, you combine that with, um, the, the way just, just his short game and the way he's playing right now. And I I just think it adds up. I, I, the thing about him, he's not driven the ball that well this year. I think he's, I want to say he's outside the top hundred and strokes gained off the tee. So that that's concerning. Um, because it's going to be hard to recover, uh, compared to to normal opens at at Barkdale, so I'm concerned about that. But um, I no zero surprises if he wins this week. But would you be surprised if Rom wins? Uh, a little bit. I, I just think that, especially if it's if there's bad weather. You know, we we keep talking about Ireland, and and obviously that was a great win. Like he got to 25 under and just you know played out of his mind all week. But also like there wasn't a lot of weather. You know, it was a little rainy, but it wasn't windy. I, I, I'm, I, I worry about him if it if it starts blowing sideways. That I, I don't know how he's going to handle that. I, I would be, <laughs> I, I would be surprised if he won because I think it's going to be windy and there's going to be bad weather. And I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't have a ton of confidence in him. I'm, I'm already picking him for Quill Hollow though. I was, uh, oh, that's right. Because if Rory's not, if Rory's game isn't in place, then pick the guy yeah. who like Rory just eats off the tee and dominates a golf course yep yeah yeah um i have for a while been hot maybe a little too hot on uh on justin rose so i want to give you this three brits and i want you to power rank them based on where you think they have finished on the leaderboard justin rose tommy fleetwood paul casey yeah um I, I think I would go Fleetwood first, then Rose, then Casey. Hmm. You know, 
really, I think it's interesting because Rose has not had a lot of success at at Opens in his career. His best finish ever still is that T4 in 98 when he was 17 years old and said, I thought, you know, I stood on the 13th or the 12th green or 12th tee or whatever and said, I think I'm going to win the Open as an amateur, which is crazy. Um, And and he did almost win. You know, he finished uh, a couple shots outside of the playoff. But Fleetwood's just playing so well right now and it, it, the thing I worry about with him is just the hometown deal like it, it can almost get to be too much you know to win yeah. it in Southport with your family and friends there um but man he he, he just he, he you know leaves the U.S. Open goes over plays great in Germany wins in France plays well in Ireland it's just he he's lights out right now um so I would I would go him and then uh, and then Rose, who's had more success recently in Opens, and then Casey, who has not had a lot of success since. I think his last top ten there was like oh nine, uh, so it's been a while for him. Yikes! Um, who, who's your top ten lock? Have we mentioned him yet? Yeah, Spieth. Spieth. Yeah, nice. Who's yours? Uh, Thomas Peters. Mmm, tasty. He was thirtieth uh, yeah. last year, I think. In his that was his first Open. Yeah, um, I love Peters well, this week. My my fantasy team is uh, Sergio, Ricky, Phil, Peters, and Westwood. Westy, how good would that be? I know. <laughs> Man, I I want him to get one. It, it it's just he he's I think he's played in seventy seven or seventy eight majors without winning one. It's, that's like torture. Yeah. I mean, it's brutal. Um, in the old man's tournament. Yeah, he's 44. He's getting up there. I he I don't think he's had a really good open since Muirfield uh, when he when he probably should have won it in in 13 when Phil shot the 66. But uh, man, it'd be cool to see him to see him get one. I, I just I don't know. It, it's they're hard to win. Uh, he's not. I, I don't. I, I don't know his season stats off the top of my head. Doesn't seem like he's had a super great year. Um, but yeah, it'd be pretty cool, especially to do it in England. Yeah. The, uh, who's your sleeper pick for the official expert picks? Uh, I'm going with, uh, JB Holmes. Ooh, but isn't, that? but isn't Holmes a uh, big off the tee? Like that's, uh, that's against the grain yeah. from our formula. I know I, he, that's true, but he played really well, um, at, at Aaron Hills and you couldn't, I mean, those were bigger fairways, but you couldn't really be wayward off the tee there. So he finished 12th there. Uh, he was the lost man at Troon last year. He finished third behind the, uh, the, the, the duo of Stenson and Mickelson who finished like a combined 37 under, <laughs> right. um, he finished, I think six under. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. He's 125 to one. Um, like you said, he can, he can kind of, spray it off the tee a little bit but if he's straight i i, I think he's gonna have a good week nice um all right i'm going uh Frances- francesco malinari at 100 to 1 is my yeah. uh my official um sleeper pick there uh let's see i like sneds i think sneds odds are a little bit better uh I, what 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 did, what did you like about molinari because i looked at him and he i think he's only got like one top 10 ever at the open um, but man, he's been playing really well this year. So just what, what convinced you about him? Um, not, I mean, I, I think that he is, 
I first fell in love with Molinari in the 2014 U.S. Open. I think he's a gamer, and uh, at a hundred to one, I just I couldn't bring myself to take a Tony Finau. I couldn't bring myself to take a JB Holmes. Like I was just sitting here, like staring over it, and it just seemed like that was that was somebody who, given uh, a different style of play, given uh, some conditions, I just I liked him to. Uh, you know, for lack of a, a better term, a better phrase, like sack up and go get it, you know? <laughs> JB Holmes, 189th in driving accuracy this year. Can I change my pick? Yes, can I you can. It? Yes, you can change it. <laughs> he did hit, uh, he hit 79% of fairways at the US Open. So I, I, again, I know those were much wider and fairways in a different course altogether, but I'm just banking on the fact that, you know, he's, he, and he's had tournaments this year where he's done that. He hit 66% at Greenbrier. 71% at the Masters, even though he finished 50th there. So, I don't know. I mean, it, these things are impossible to pick. But he did play well last year. Uh, he played well at the U.S. Open. He's got a couple top fives in majors over the last couple of years. So, I, I, I'll, I'll stick with J.B. Holmes. I feel like there's a lot of buzz around Mark Leishman as a sleeper pick here. Big game hunter, Mark Leishman. Right? Yeah. I He's got, uh, I think, two top fives in the last three Opens. Uh, obviously lost in the playoff in 15 at, at St. Andrews. Uh, and then I think he finished top five in 14 when, when Rory won it. Um, so yeah, I love it. I mean, if he, what's his number? Is he a hundred and hundred, 125? The, let's see. Golf futures. Is it? He's 50. Wow. Yeah. 50. That's, I don't know about that. I mean, I, Trust me, I like Leishman, but I, I wish he was like 60 or 80 rather than 50. Is it strange to get Zach Johnson at 81? Uh, he's not played well this year. Like before the before he before the Zach Johnson the, Open. Yeah, before the ZJ Stricker Invitational, uh, he's just not had a good year. Him and him and Bubba are, are kind of the two older Americans that you look at and it's just like, man, what's, you know, what's going on there. So no, I, I don't think that's, even though he won it two years ago, I don't, I don't think that is, uh, out of, out of kind of where he should be at this point. All right. Let's see. We haven't got a chance to talk about Phil, uh, expect just expectations for Phil this week. I mean, just zaniness. Yeah. Just, just who knows? He wore he wore a paperclip on his hat last year and shot a sixty three in the first round. So, <laughs> I he's in the you know you're familiar probably with the Tyson zone that Bill Simmons invented, right? Uh, Phil's in the Tyson zone. I'll believe anything. He might play with like thirteen drivers this week and contend. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, but you know it it's so crazy to me that he's played so well in opens at the end of his career. It was just, it was a tournament where he never really found a ton of success. And now all of a sudden he's like a open savant or he thinks he is, you know, and he, he wins it in 13 second last year. He's shooting 63s. It's just, um, I don't know. We could get anything out of Phil this week that I, and, and that's largely true of the majority of his career, but uh, especially at this stage and especially at open championships. What is, uh, is there one storyline that we haven't mentioned yet that Kyle Porter, the golf fan or Kyle Porter, the senior golf writer is rooting for? Like we've, we've said before that we are human beings. We have all kinds of varying interests and sometimes, uh, being a fan helps in my opinion, it helps, 
uh, enhance our coverage of the sport and the sports we cover? Uh, is there any storyline that you kind of feel yourself rooting for um, going into this week at Royal Barkdale? Yeah, I mean, there there are several. I think I think Harrington is interesting just because he won it in 2008 and contended at the Scottish Open. I don't know if you've seen this, but he's got this like he's like stepping into his shots right now. Like he's he I mean, and, and, and he's famously kind of a tinkerer of his swing and just kind of crazy about golf. Um, but he's literally taking a step with his left foot as he as he hits the ball right huh. now, which is. It's absurd. It looks insane, but he, it's working for him. He he played well at the Scottish. Um, Alex Noren interests me just because he's a top ten player who doesn't have a pedigree at majors. He's only got one top ten ever at major championships. And that was like a T nine at a PGA back in two thousand ten or something like that. Uh, I'd like to see him play well. Uh, Matthew Southgate is a name that not a lot of people probably have heard of. He finished. I want to say he finished top five or 10 at the 16 Irish Open that Rory won. Uh, He's a guy who uh, has come back from cancer and uh, he's from England. I mean, he's 200 to one. It it would be it would be an all time story if he was able to contend and and uh, and maybe pull off the impossible at, at Burtdale. Wow. He is Kyle Porter. You can follow him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. We will be providing all kinds of live blogging updates um, and plenty of tweets, I'm sure, at all hours of the day as we cover this Open Championship from Royal Burkdale. We are also going to be linking up after the first two rounds to give you uh, a preview of the weekend action and the way that you're going to be able to get those delivered right to your mobile device are going to be to subscribe subscribers it seems always get the episodes first so make sure that you go and do that uh, while you're there give us a nice friendly five star rating that'd be cool a nice review something like that Kyle man let's do it I'm excited I'm ready set my alarm clock on Greenwich time let's do this <laughs> let's get it <laughs>